0: Iowa basketball drops its second game of the year as they fall 75 62 to the Dukies at Madison Square Garden. We break it down what went right and what went wrong. Well, certainly the Hawkeye shooting woes, they continue, and that is something that went way wrong. A week of death continues a quick turnaround with iowa state coming up next on thursday we look forward to that one and some football news terry roberts has entered the transfer portal what does that mean for iowa the latest news and rumbling plus we'll get ready for iowa iowa state women's basketball that comes up tonight all today on locked on hawkeyes our locked on hawkeyes your daily podcast on the iowa hawkeyes I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. You can also see us on YouTube, watch the show there. You can see us each and every day. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. And for the podcast listeners, give us a five star review. It helps us get in front. Of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, it was a rough night in New York City for the Hawkeye basketball team this evening as they fall to the Dukies, 74-62. Go into the halftime locker room, down 37-31. There's hope. I didn't play very well, didn't shoot it very well. Hey, you're still hanging around in this basketball game. Maybe, just maybe, you got a shot. Though there were plenty of opportunities throughout this one, Iowa could never get over the hump cut it to four a couple of times had a couple of chances but ultimately just too much Duke too much inside from the Dukies in this one but you look at this as a whole and the real scary part about this is Iowa falling in this fashion to a Duke team that has talent they're going to be a lot better at the end of the season I think than the team that we see right now but their inability to hit shots is something that was a bit of a concern coming into the year, and it's certainly, uh, especially, it's expensive. Easy for me to say, it has grown. How about that? It has grown at a big time level here. Hey, it's late. Give me a break. So, uh, shooting the basketball, you go back to the loss against TCU. Very similar circumstances to this one. It was a tight game. You know, a couple minutes into the second half, TC went on a run. Iowa had some chances, just couldn't hit those shots. And the same thing here uh, against Duke. You look up and down the roster, just three three-pointers made on the team. One for Patrick McCaffrey, one from Tony Perkins, and one from Aaron Eulis And Euless, certainly not a guy you'd normally anticipate. A couple games back after the loss, they moved Peyton Sanford to the bench, hoping maybe that would be something to help him ignite him coming off the bench. That has not been the case. He is really struggling with this shot. Had a couple late in the game that looked good off the hand. Ultimately, didn't go down. Look at this. Iowa team is going to be anything more than an above average team, a team that's on the right side of the bubble, gets into the tournament, maybe wins a game. If they're going to be more than that, they're going to have to be able to shoot the basketball offense has always been the calling card of Fran McCaffrey year after year after year. That is something that is always really good. Hasn't looked that way at times this season, especially against the two good opponents that they played. And I don't think this is an elite level Duke team. Could they get there? Absolutely. A lot of talent on this team. Very young team. The monsters that they have inside. Filikowski, that dude's going to be an absolute stud. So I, I think you can look at that and say that they are going to be a good team. Iowa right now still six in the country in offensive efficiency at Kemper. Surprised to see the numbers still as high as they were, but in this one, Iowa averages just zero point nine one points per possession, one of their lowest of the season. Duke at one point zero nine points per possession. Got to shoot the basketball better. I mean, it's as simple as that. If I was going to have a chance this year, is the defense a little bit better than it's been in the past, or have a chance to be better? I think so. Are there going to be matchups that are going to be incredibly difficult? Absolutely. But did love the way that we saw Philip Rabracha play. You know, Rabracha, who's in there played against a bunch of seven-footers, and he's given up height. He's given up size. He is not backing down, though, against these guys. It would love to have a player that could go in there and help a little bit more. We saw a couple minutes from Big Jelly, Josh Gundele. He gave seven minutes, hit a bucket in there, you know, pushed things around, did what it is, but he's such a limited player just because of physically you know, where he is, the size that he is, and just his inability to play long, extended minutes, and that's kind of what you have out of him. He's going to give good minutes against Purdue, perhaps, a couple other big teams that they'll see in the Big Ten, maybe go up and muscle a Hunter Dickinson for a while and give you a couple of minutes here and there, but you don't have a full-time center, and that's the that's the nature of the way that this team is built. Phil Rebracha, he'd be an excellent four. He has to play five for this team, and this is what it is. Another disappointing effort as well from Chris Murray. And it's one thing to put up monster performances against the non-conference teams that you should whoop. You know, the quadrant four teams that you play. It's great to put up big numbers against them, but we got to see it now from Chris Murray to do it against a good opponent. Yeah, he did it last year against Indiana. He had those moments, but now for all intents and purposes, this is his team. And as uh, yesterday before the game, talking with Matt Norlander from CBS Sports and asked him pretty simply, no, is it as simple as for Iowa, as Chris Murray goes, that's how good this team has a chance to be, and it kind of feels that way. This is not a deep Iowa team. This is not what we normally expect out of a Fran McCaffrey coach team where he not only expects, but he likes to go 9, 10, 11 deep. That's not what this team is right now. Love the play out of Bracha, Definitely a gold star for him in this one, battling inside and at least trying out there. Now I got to hit those free throws. Uh, yeah, that's also a part of it. Chris Murray. 0-3 oh, from the three-point line. Three made field goals, just eight points in the game. Need more out of him. He finishes the game also with seven rebounds. Did have three assists. Good to see filling up the stat sheet. Another conversation. Uh, Tony Perkins. Something's off. No, he's dealing with some kind of injury, lower leg, some kind of leg injury at this point in time. We've heard hip, hurt ankle, banged up. They need him. Again, because of the depth of this team. And if Chris Murray is not playing well, who can else can really step up on this team? There's really one guy, and that's Tony Perkins. And they need Tony Perkins at his best. And if he's not, along with Chris Murray, there's not going to be many more wins on this schedule outside of uh, what they have after the next two games, Southeast Missouri State and Eastern Illinois. Yes, they could have poor games from both those guys and still win those basketball games. But the rest of the schedule, the big 10, it is going to be loaded. Once again, top to bottom, it's going to be difficult to find road victories, go in, and it doesn't matter if you're taking on a Penn state or Nebraska or a Minnesota road wins are always incredibly difficult to come by coupled with what you're going to have at the top level. And you got 8, 9, 10 teams right now that feel like they're NCAA tournament teams. From, of course, Purdue and the great start that they're off to at this point in time. What we've seen out of Indiana in the early portions of the season. Hoosiers look ready to go again this year. How about Wisconsin? They're starting to pull themselves out. They got a nice win against Maryland. Speaking of the Terrapins, what they did. How about Northwestern? They have a win now against Michigan State. Even as ugly as some of their games have been this year. Just on and on and on. Ohio State's going to be there. Michigan's going to be there. Illinois, what they did, beating number two. Texas. It just it continues. It's an incredibly difficult conference. And without Tony Perkins and Chris Murray, one of those two guys got to play well. If both of them play well, Iowa can beat pretty much everybody on their schedule. If they don't play well, well, then you have big time problems. We'll talk about some more Iowa basketball as we continue here on lockdown. Hawkeyes. We'll take a look at the next matchup. It is a quick turnaround and a little bit concerning now after the performance. And we have seen Iowa struggle against a couple of good defensive teams in Duke and TCU well the next team that they face another good defensive team it is the Cyclones quick turnaround a lot maybe playing against them we'll get into the transfer portal as well for football talk about that a little bit and also preview the Iowa women's game that's all as we continue here on Lockdown Hawkeyes Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team and does it faster. Add your job, the purple hiring frame, to your LinkedIn profile when you're looking to find that right candidate for your job incredibly easy to post easy to do at linkedin jobs they have simple tools like screening questions it makes it easy for you to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Trek Connum with you on the Lockdown Podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day with you all throughout the week. We got plenty of football transfer portal conversation will continue as we continue here. A big week still in front of Iowa basketball though as they'll have the quick turnaround. So the game wraps up. What? after midnight Eastern time, it got started after 10 o'clock. So, what, you figure a good hour, hour and a half after the game, you got the post-game interviews, you go through that, you get showered, you hop on the bird, you get back to Iowa City, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., something like that, when the Hawkeyes are going to get back to town. So, you get a couple hours of sleep. Remember, yes, these guys are still student-athletes. Yeah, we can scoff at that at times, especially what's happening with the transfer portal and say, oh, really? Yeah, they still do have to go to class. At least some of them have some classes that they're probably going to have to get to on Wednesday. And, and then you go through a quick one th- run through and you get ready for Iowa State. So Iowa State's going to come in here and they're going to play bully ball. And I hate to say this. I am not a fan of blaming officials. Are there times that teams get bad whistles? Absolutely. Other times is certainly in basketball that referees and the way a game is called dictates the way the game plays out. There's no doubt about it. But I think it's just such a loser mentality. I, I hate game after game, play after play, looking at the officials and blaming them. I, I just it's something that I don't subscribe to. But for this one, the officiating crew who we're gonna see out there, the way, the style of play that they're going to allow It's going to dictate this game. Look, if you see it right away, that the officiating crew in the Iowa State game, if they're out there and they are blowing the whistle and they're keeping it tight and they're not allowing Iowa State to hand check, to chuck and jive, to grab, to do their defensive mentality that they have, Iowa's got a good chance of winning this game and not just winning it, but winning it comfortably. You're back at home. Maybe the shots start falling a little bit more. Remember, both these losses have come outside of Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Back at home, place that you know better, maybe that light, that shooting starts to light up a little bit more. But if the crew allows Iowa State to play their style, well, they're going to get up in you, and they're going to defend, and they're going to grind, and they're going to hold, and they're going to clutch, and they're going to grab, and they're going to do all these different things. And if that's allowed without a whistle, I was in trouble. I was in big trouble against this team. Now, the good news is, Iowa State, certainly not a great offensive team either, right? This this Cyclone team right now is 114th in the country in offensive efficiency, 13th in the country in defensive efficiency at Ken Palm. So that tells you a lot right now. Three-point shooting, need to knock down those threes. Defensively, right now, they're 16th in the country in defensive loud. Opponents are shooting just 26.3% against Iowa State. Going to have to be better from Iowa. Have to get those open shots, and when they're there, you have to knock them down. Look, when you're relying on Connor McCaffrey to be your sharpshooter, and you don't have anybody else that you're confident with with the struggles right now of Peyton Sanford, you're in big trouble. Tony Perkins, not a shooter. A scorer, not a shooter. Yes, he can hit shots, but that's not his game. Ulyss, not even close. You hope Chris Murray, that's what it turns into. He's more confident out there. Patrick can hit shots, but I wouldn't call him exactly a shooter. And then Rabacha, yeah, has he knocked down a couple of threes in his career? Yeah, but that's not what he is. Off the bench is Connor. Yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot out of Josh Dix at this point in time. Desante Bowen, guy that played well. He's a guy that you look at and say, it maybe he's got a chance, but right now in his career, that's not going to be the case. It sounds like a ready-made excuse, and that's not what I want this, is, want this to be. Because, again, I don't like complaining about officiating. I don't like that blaming a loss or blaming a reason that you, you take an L coming down to the officials. It's just not something that I agree with. It's not something that I like to do. But this one, this game, it is ultra important. The quick turnaround, how this team is going to be, and then on top of it, what you have then right on the heels of that a conference matchup, your only conference matchup of the early portion of the season as they get Wisconsin coming to town. Now, Wisconsin's not great. Now, this is not a Badger team. I, I think that you worry about some of the past teams. It's not like the team that played for a national championship, but they got a nice win themselves tonight against Maryland. They beat the Terrapins at home. They beat Marquette the game before that. Really, you know, they played well this season. Their two losses uh, this year came to Wake Forest by three points and to Kansas, and that was an overtime loss by a point against the defending national champions. Are they great offensively? No. But Tyler Wall, he's a monster inside. Chucky Headbird, on and on and on. We'll have a lot about this game as we'll get ready for the weekend on Friday, but I'm just here to tell you, not going to be an easy one. It never is. What if things go south? What if Iowa goes through this week of death? Duke, Iowa State, and Wisconsin it goes 0 for 3. Now, season's not over. And you don't have to hit the panic button, but we're going to be hitting the panic button. I mean, at minimum now, you have to get a split these next two games. And if you get both of them, boy, you're feeling great, right? You're feeling really good. You get that win. You get it back again in the Cy Hawk game against Iowa State. You're 1-0 in the conference, something that has been a rarity for Iowa. Since they've gone, what, six, seven years back now to these early Big Ten conference games, so many times Iowa has dug themselves such a big hole in the season, a lot of times starting 0-2 when they played two games this year because of the schedule, just one for the Hawkeyes. But still, you just don't want to dig yourself that hole and there's a real possibility that can happen. Two teams that are tough to play, two teams that are going to guard you, two teams that are going to grab you. Got to be ready to go. Got to be tough and got to be more physical and play through contact better than we've seen. Get Chris going. Knock down some shots. Get those good vibes going. You know the environment's going to be great. at Carver-Hawkeye, it's got its issues, but as we saw Sunday in the duel against Iowa State on the wrestling side of things, that place, it can still have some buzz to it. And it still can for basketball. Just have to play well to make that happen. Well, the transfer portal continues to be one of the more baffling things that we talk about here. We talked yesterday a little bit about what happened in the transfer portal with the Alabama wide receiver, Sean Holden. What was happening there? Looked like he was all but signed, sealed, and delivered to Iowa. And then uh, things hit the fan. Well, we got more going on. Terry Roberts has entered the transfer portal, and people are freaking out about it. Do we need to? We'll talk about that as we continue here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source. For sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, soccer, eSports, you name it, they have it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those also at Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Online where the game starts so taking a look at a a bet online number for you coming up this is just a projected number from ken pom so normally you'll see the vegas betting line be very similar uh to what you see with those numbers from ken pomeroy and right now he has iowa favored by six against Iowa State. So a bit of a baseline. I was going to be favored. I talked to my friends at Circa in Las Vegas. They're hoping to have a line out here later today, here on Wednesday, for this game, a little bit earlier than what we normally get for matchups in college basketball. Usually come out kind of the evening before. They're hoping to get at least a little bit of a jump start. And if that is happening, and uh, we do get that number, we'll pass it along to you here. You can follow me on Twitter, at Trent Condon. That is the place to go. To follow along with me, you'll see when all of our episodes are uploaded and a whole lot more. So that's coming up. Looking forward to that side of things and and talking more about the Iowa-Iowa State matchup. We'll have another instant reaction to that one as we're having here this evening with the loss to Duke. Also coming up this evening, it is Iowa-Iowa State on the women's side. We talked a little women's hoop here. Of course, Caitlin Clark had the monster performance uh, against NC State. Ended up in a losing effort. And, you know, that is something that we've seen throughout the career of Caitlin Clark. When she has she, these monster performances, in fact, when she scores 40 points or more, Iowa hasn't won a game. That's what it's about. This Iowa State team is playing incredibly well. Uh, big girl inside their transfer, six foot six tall, and going to make it very difficult for Monica Zano in the uh, matchup there. We saw what NC State did. They made one decision. We're going to slow her down. And to do that, well, they doubled inside, made it difficult. In fact, tried to deny her a lot of post touches. And because of that, the Iowa offense never got going. It came down to Caitlin trying to do a lot on her own. And Iowa fell short in that game. Now, I was really impressed by NC State. They hit a lot of tough shots in that game. Iowa defense isn't great. Lisa Bluter called out her team afterwards on the defensive effort. They got the win over the weekend against Wisconsin. But, again, fun environment there. Bill Fenley, Lisa Bluter, they'll play nice. They'll say the right things, but two coaches that I think respect each other, but don't exactly like each other. And that's okay. I mean, that's a good thing, right? In a rivalry. There has been some back and forth. Of course, you had the transfer, a leaving from Iowa State coming over to Iowa. You have that component on top of it here. There's just a, a lot going on. Right now, from what we've seen in the early portions of the season, Iowa State is playing better than Iowa on the women's side of things. They're playing better basketball at this point. Can Iowa bounce back? Can we see them give some kind of defensive effort? We saw it at times on Sunday against Wisconsin. Can we see it again against a good team? Look, Wisconsin women's basketball is not good. It hasn't been good for a really long time. This Iowa State team is much different, and they're playing as a team. They are playing kind of complete basketball at this point in time. I think it's a tough matchup. It is in Carver, and we've seen... Home court advantage has been so important in this rivalry. Should be fun. Make it loud in there. Enjoy your time. If you're making your way there Wednesday or Thursday for both the women's or the men's game or both of them, make it loud. Have some fun in there. Let's get a couple of victories on top of it. Wrapping things up here with some football talk and the transfer portal that continues to baffle yeah it's a crazy time in that portal and a lot to get into here want to say once again thank you for making lockdown hawkeyes your first listen today also want to let you know about locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports you can go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only locked on can provide it's locked on sports today available on this app youtube or wherever you get podcasts. So the transfer portal continued with some more disappointing news. We've talked about Justin Jacobs, his decision to move on. That one blows, right? I mean, this is a guy who was a starter, played at a high level when he was healthy. He's going to go out there, maybe make some money in NIL. We'll see on that front where he ultimately ends up, but that is out there. Lose Arlen Bruce, lose Keegan Johnson. Possibility could Keegan Johnson maybe come back? You know, a weird thing that happened last night. So Keegan Johnson, of course, makes his official announcement, and then he starts tweeting out some offers: Kansas State, Nebraska, Notre Dame. A lot of people believe that Notre Dame is a strong possibility for him. Of course, Nebraska. He's an Omaha. He is a Nebraska kid, and uh, grew up in the state. His dad played for Nebraska. A lot of people connecting dots there. On and on and on. But then shortly after he was tweeting these out, he deletes them. He deletes the tweets. Now, he still has the tweet up that says that I'm entering the transfer portal. He is in the transfer portal. That has been reported by a wide array of Iowa reporters, so that is out there. But what's happening? We'll see. Is there a lot of work to be done if he wants to come back to Iowa? There's no doubt about it. Are there fences that he needs to mend to make that happen? Absolutely. Is it a real possibility? I'm not so sure on that front. Maybe it's just wishful thinking, but it was just that moment that made you say him. So these are guys that are impactful. These are guys that you're disappointed to lose. Like Josh Volk, scholarship guy, hasn't been able to see the field and look at that offensive line this year and he still wasn't out there. Like You get that, right? Find a spot, maybe he can play, maybe transfer down to an FCS level, whatever it is. Okay. But you're losing some impactful guys, and then Terry Roberts en- enters the transfer portal yesterday, and I see the same kind of consternation and frustration from Iowa fans. Look, I t- look, ter- love Terry Roberts, like running down there as the gunner, making plays, catching those punts from Tory Taylor. It was great, good special teams player, but this guy's been injured the last two years. He walked on senior day. He's been in the program five years. I don't think many people anticipate he was going to be back. And if it's a case where he can go out, he can make a little bit of money in the transfer game, he can go out there and be a starter, something that he would certainly not be coming back this season. Remember, you have one side, Cooper DeGene, on the other, Jamari Harris. He was at best, health aside, going to be the third cornerback this year for Iowa. So maybe he's looking for that starting job and getting more tape on him to have a chance at the next level. We know he's a great special teams player, And we saw that before, a special teams guy moved on and did a little bit more than what we saw with Charlie Jones. But the consternation, this was your number three cornerback. Yeah, you need more depth there. Yes, we saw in the game against Nebraska, cornerbacks, the backups to the backups to the backups, not look very good. All the freshmen, of course, Jamison Hines, didn't look great. Give full Parker time with those guys. I mean, how many times in the past? Think back to the first time you saw Joshua Jackson try to play cornerback. It wasn't pretty. There's been plenty of those guys. Bradley Fletcher, guys that have gone on and played in the league. Early on in their careers, it doesn't look fine. Those guys are going to be fine. Hall's going to be fine, ultimately, because I believe in Phil Parker, and you should, too. Do they need more depth? No doubt about it. They need to find some more guys to help out cornerback, but let's let's slow our roll a little bit. Just calm down a little bit when we see somebody like Terry Roberts, a fifth-year senior that hasn't been healthy in two years, enter the transfer portal. Let's save the freakouts for ones that we really should be freaking out about. This was not one of them. Some uh, things to pass along as well in the rumors for the transfer portal. So, we talked yesterday about Eric All, the tight end from Michigan, injured most of this season, had a big year the year before, though, in 2021, possibly joining. His former teammate, Cade McNamara, of course, going to be the Iowa quarterback next season. Well, there's another name continuing to gain steam, and that is A.J. Henning, another Michigan guy. This, a wide receiver, guy that can move around, kind of more of a slot type of guy. We've talked a lot about Iowa. Seems like they're pretty enamored with some big receivers, looking at the big frame kind of guy. We've talked about a few of those different options that have been out there and some of the guys that Iowa has been chasing. They've lost some guys to the portal. Now you got to fill in those gaps. I think you still need help and the offensive line. Even if Caden Proctor ultimately signs here, coming up with signing day right around the corner, you feel good there. Mason Richmond on the other side of tackle. I think you need help inside. I don't know if Logan Jones is ultimately the answer at center. A lot of the things we saw at the beginning of the year, slow with the snap, bad decisions, bad line calls. Those things continued all throughout the season. And because of that, I certainly would be happy to see Iowa go out there and find a transfer center. Somebody in the interior. Somebody to help out. You got a slew of guards. You feel like you're pretty well set at the tackle possessions. Again, if Caden Proctor is able to come in along with Mason Richmond, you're okay there. But that help inside. And very well could be Logan Jones could turn out to be a great guard. I know they still believe in him at center. That is a place certainly I would like to see them continue to attack. You need wide receivers. You need an interior offensive lineman. I think a center at minimum. And then you continue to look around more depth, at linebacker. Absolutely. With Justin Jacobs, departing Jack Campbell, graduating Seth Benson, the same. Yes. You need depth there. Jay Higgins. He came on in a big time way. You're excited about him, but what else at the linebacker spot? There's some big questions. Defensive backfield, they're going to be fine. They always are. Phil Parker, he is going to have that unit in good shape, along with what you're going to have up front. Defensively, I think this is more of a depth-building exercise. That's where we are in the portal. It is a slow process on top of it. I I know that's another thing where there's a lot of people disappointed, thought this was going to be hit the ground running. We're going to get six, seven new guys. In a way, they go, that's not the reality. Look, these guys, for the most part, have not even taken visits. That is a part of the process. And think of this. You're a college kid. Got an opportunity again to be recruited. Just think of the road trips he took. Look, I I bused around the Big Ten, went to different places, visited friends in different areas. It was great, right? Now think about doing that on a university dime. Yeah, take your time. These guys are going to take their time. This is not something that's going to happen ultra quickly. This is not going to be something that is going to be something that's going to be all wrapped up by next weekend. This is a process. This is going to be a process that's going to take time. This is going to be a process that's going to go into January. Remember that part of it as well. Yes, there are over a 1,000 names now in the transfer portal. That happens absolutely, positively. There is a lot more still to come. There's going to be highs. There's going to be lows. Enjoy the ride. We'll see how they come out the backside of this. There's a bowl game coming up. We'll talk about that more. A matchup with Kentucky. Oh, Ho hum, right? It just taking on the Wildcats for the second straight year. And saw the uh, ticket sales are not exactly brisk here early. Iowa has sold just 20% of their allotment for Nashville. I think Hawkeye fans and fans of college football in general are getting a little bit smarter, understanding that there are some better avenues for securing tickets. Will that change in the future of the bull structure? Maybe a summer conversation with us here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Again, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Always enjoy having you. And hit me up with some comments as well on YouTube. I read all of those and always enjoy hearing from you out there. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. We will continue Si Hawk Week and the difficult nature of things. Iowa Iowa State on the women's side coming up this evening. That game will be on television as well. That is an ESPN2 uh, game for that one on Wednesday evening. Then on Thursday night, it'll be the men's 7 o'clock on FS1 for that one. Big couple of days in Hawkeye athletics. Let's be little brother, and let's get a couple of wins in the win column and some positive feelings for both the women's and the men's basketball teams. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. We'll talk to you then go Hawks.